0: Love
1: Talk Radio. Hello, Town. Something, something. No fireworks today. Welcome to Nash Nightly, sponsored by federalbaseball.com. Com. This is Patrick Reddington from Federal Baseball. I've got Dave Nichols from Federal Baseball and Doghouse on the line coming to you after the Washington Nationals drop a one nothing decision to the Milwaukee Brewers in the nation's capital. A ridiculous 11 a.m. start for the game. Max Scherzer on the mound for the Nationals. His only loss in June was against the Brewers on the road trip in Miller Park, where he gave up five hits, three walks, five run runs and six innings, through seven and a third scoreless versus the Mets in his one start between outings against Milwaukee. Uh, Today, four scoreless to start, but he leaves a two-on fastball up to Martin Maldonado for a solo home run in the uh, fourth inning. 21st home run officers here this season. Was it the fourth? Fifth inning, whatever. 21st home run that Max gave up this season, Dave. He leaves him loaded in the sixth. 20-pitch uh, frame pushes him up to 114. Uh, Brewers are just fouling off pitches left and right against them all day. Uh, but the home run ball and complete lack of run support ends up costing Max the end.
2: Yeah, you know, it was just one of those tricks where he was really good, but uh, um, unfortunately got picked by the other guy. Um You know, there was absolutely nothing wrong with what he did today. It's just, um, you know, it's it's like Jim Riggleman used to say or Bat Williams used to say: you just got to tip your cap to the guy and uh, hope you get him the next time. But um, you know, I I just think you know the the early the early start time combined with uh, maybe unfamiliarity with the other starting pitcher kind of hampered the Nats offense today, and uh, you know, Max was the victim of it, unfortunately. Douglass, I know you
1: were at the park there. Uh, you probably had a good view of all the foul balls the Brewers were hitting off Max. They were able to run a pitch count up there, 114 pitches. But really, the complete lack of support and their inability to figure out Guerra is uh, what cost them today. Max just gave up that one home run, four hits total on the day. But uh, easy to say he's getting plagued by the home run ball again, but that was just one of them, and no support whatsoever.
0: Uh, yeah, we can we can say plagued and and complain about it, but honestly, uh, if you give up one run on a solo shot, or you give up one run on you know a walk and error and a hit or something like that, it it still counts as one run, and it's still only one run. Uh, even <laughs> against Garon, who is a decent pitcher. I mean, he's he's not uh, as as much of a nobody as the, the the guys that we normally wail about when the Nats can't put anything together against him. You know, he had his splitter working, and uh, he, he pitched a good game. And that the Nats just seemed not to be able to figure him out today. They were they were chasing a lot of things, uh, getting behind and counts quickly, and rushing to get themselves out. While uh, by contrast, it seems like the the Brewers had a pretty good approach against uh, against Scherzer, who was struggling a little bit with with uh, his location, I think. Uh, but other than that, was effective. I mean, six, six innings and one run, that's, uh, that's more than a quality start. That should be more than enough uh, to give your team a chance to win. And uh, the Nats had a couple of chances that they didn't convert, and uh, you know, it, was, it was a big disappointment, I, I, I got to say that. Uh, I, I guess it could have rained harder, uh, and we could have gotten wetter <laughs> while watching it, so not a total loss in that sense. But, uh, yeah, uh, Max certainly pitched well enough to win, and uh, it's it's too bad that the Nets couldn't come through with him for the bat today.
1: Definitely really coming down there, as you can see on the broadcast towards the end there. I was worried about you guys getting soaked up there in the 300s at the end of there, (laughs) but luckily it was only in the eighth and ninth inning at that point when it really started coming down from what I saw. Not too bad, considering they managed to get the game in with an 11 o'clock start. Uh, they they missed uh, Junior Guerra in, in Milwaukee when the Nats were out in Miller Park, so this is my first good look at him. 2 and 0 in five June starts. The Brewers are 4 and 1 in his outings. 3.0 ERA, 197, 263, 85 line against and 33 innings pitched. Uh, the oldest Milwaukee starter to ever record his first MLB win. When he did so at age 31 earlier in the season. Uh, five scoreless on 68 pitches, just one hit allowed through five, 92 pitches and six scoreless after stranding two in the sixth, 103 pitches total after seven innings. Uh, Maybe it's just the first time the Nationals got a good look at this guy and kind of that unfamiliarity costing them. But he's been on a pretty good run here uh, for a
2: 30-year-old converted catcher who's a rookie starter in the majors. Yeah, you know, that kind of story is always fascinating to me when you take a guy that – um, Has come up through the minors at a different position, and then you uh, uh, you say, okay, he's, he's he's not standing out as a position player. He's not standing out as a hitter. Let's try him as a pitcher and see what he's got. But um, yeah, you know, I think the unfamiliarity is, um, you know, it's just, it's just it's a tough it's a tough way to go when when um, when when you're not. When, sorry about that. Can you hear me?
1: Yes.
2: Yes. We can hear you. Keep going.
1: We may have lost Dave to a holiday parade there. Bughouse uh, uh, looked like the Nationals were kind of searching for trying to figure him out. Uh, nothing necessarily overpowering, except that splitter was a pretty nasty pitch, as you mentioned there. They just didn't get much done against him at all. Just two hits total on the day. Uh, worth one for four, Espinosa one for three, because you can't fully
0: stop Danny Espinosa at this point. <laughs> You can only hope to contain him. Yeah, they—they were—it uh, just seemed a little off balance against Gara uh, all all morning, afternoon. I don't even know what time it is now. Uh, and and that uh, the splitter particularly seemed effective. Uh, you know, there, he was getting a lot of awkward swings at that. Uh, so he was he was pairing it well with a, a reasonably firm fastball. I can't remember what else he was throwing off-speed. I think he had a slider in there. Um, and uh, he was throwing just enough strikes uh, to get to get that swing early. Uh, he was not working a lot of long counts. People were in a hurry to make contact. And for the most part, it was either weak or right at people. Uh, a couple of hard-hit balls died on the track. Um, just a, a, a rough outing. Okay. I, I hate to invoke Riggleman and Williams because it just seems unnecessarily mean to the current regime. But, all right, we'll 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 tip our cap here. Dave, I
1: don't know if you were up at uh, 8 in the morning for the start of this one, but I, I want to go to both of you on this one and see when the last time you saw uh, a major league team get punished for batting out of order, which I, just, I, I Googled it quickly. The last one I could find was a 2000, 2013 Giants game, but Ryan Braun came up with two outs in the first. And a single to write. Uh Dusty Baker immediately came out with the scorecards and uh, challenged what was going on in the field. When they finally figured it out, uh, apparently the Brewers wrote Braun in fourth with uh, Jonathan Lucroy hitting third. So that run was uh, a hit was erased. Apparently it goes in the scorebooks as a ground out to the catcher for a reason I'm not completely clear about, but. I haven't seen that in a long time. It proves true, that old accent that you never know what you're going to see when you go
2: to a stadium. You might see something new every day at the park. Yeah, that's kind of a a little league or a high school thing to have happen, but uh, um, it, it does happen on occasion, and um, again, I think I'm going to chalk this up to the um, to the 11 a.m. start time. You know, the, the managers had to set their lineups at, like, 8 o'clock in the morning, and that's certainly an unusual time for anybody associated with baseball, uh, Major League Baseball, to be doing anything. So, um, you know, the it, it's it's quirky schedule is that they, they do it so early to get the traffic out before the fireworks and everything on the mall. Um, it, it's neat that, that – the nation's capital can host a Major League Baseball game on the 4th of July, but it really sets up a lot of uh, um, traffic problems on a day where where traffic is already uh, butched up in the city anyway. So um, just just kind of a a weird quirk to this one today. The Nats were able to benefit from it. But, um, yeah, you know, just weirdness abounds whenever, um, you know, whenever you have to play that early in the day. I mean, I know the Patriots, or the Patriots, the Red Sox do it for Patriots Day every year and, um, it's just one of these little quirks in the schedules. Every time I'm driving around D.C. and get stuck
1: in traffic, I wonder why people there don't talk about the traffic more. But, Doghouse, so uh, have you ever seen anything like that? The, uh, I was really kind of hoping, I, I'm sure I'm not alone in this, but hoping that Rack Scherzer would go on to throw a no-hitter after that so it could be a no-hitter in which he actually gives up a hit, which would have been <laughs> one of the more interesting, <laughs> in, interesting statistical quirks of a no-hitter, I'm sure
0: yeah we were we were all all uh, cheering for that in in our section and uh, trying to figure out if uh, if Ron owed Lucroy a stake for hurting his batting average by getting a single out a turn. Uh, we were coming over with all kinds of weird scenarios of, of stuff that might have happened with this. but yeah, this, this this is certainly something I have never seen in person at a game. Uh, I, I, I think I heard about the, uh, the the instance you were talking about with the Giants a few years ago. But it's nothing. I, I, I haven't even seen it on the game I've watched on TV. So it, it is one of those great, rare little quirks. And, and I love how whenever there's one of these sort of miscellaneous, you know, the batter or runner is out for some obscure rules violation, it goes to put out to the nearest player. So ground out to the catcher. And the funny part is I was huh. actually I, I was looking this up and at bat at the time, and it had it down as uh, Lucroy singled. Uh, because the, the batting order was actually correct in at bat, even though it was wrong on the main scoreboard. So I don't know if, uh, if if Braun was looking at the scoreboard and saying, "Oh, I'm up," instead of you know looking at it written up and posted on the wall of the dugout. Uh, but it was it was correct in uh, in at bat, and then I, I got to watch as The Lucroy singled was changed to Lucroy grounded out to catcher, and then uh, Braun got his second <laughs> ad there in a row, which. Uh, it's you know, a, a delightful, quirky little bit of uh, nonsense there to uh, to lighten an otherwise pretty dreary day at the ballpark. Yes, delightful for everyone watching. Not so much for Jonathan Lucroy, as you
1: mentioned. who gets <laughs> over one without with, without doing anything and then has to wait to, for the order to go around again to get his first at-bat of the day. Not Probably not humorous for Craig Council, either the Brewers manager who's <laughs> <laughs> scolding, scolding someone right now for filling out the lineup card incorrectly if he didn't do it himself, but wasn't a whole lot else going on in the game. One-nothing uh, loss in the end. Jonathan Papelbon came back, pitched a scoreless inning. Felipe Rivero, another scoreless inning of work. Sean Kelly as well. Nationals full, the and 34 with the loss, but big news of the day, Dave, before the game, uh, Jonathan Papelbon, as I just mentioned, returned from the DL. Uh, they didn't drop a reliever, as a lot of people were speculating, but instead sent Michael A. Taylor down to Triple A. He had a 225, 266, 372 line, 10 doubles, 6 home runs, and 200, 203 plate appearances, uh, 286, 328, 460 over his last 67 PAs, so he was kind of putting it together and, and uh, fits and starts there when he actually got in the lineup, but Dusty Baker said after the game that they uh, want to get him consistent ABs down in the minors. He'll go down to AAA and get that. Said they're going to make a move to uh, fix the short bench in, in the next couple of days, which I'm assuming at this point is going to be Trey Turner coming up to either play center or some sort of infield mix. Uh, a lot of fans are clamoring for Ryan Zimmerman to get sat down, move Murphy to first, and have uh, Turner join the infield there. Uh, what do you think about Taylor getting sent down? Is that the right move for the Nats for now? And what do you think the uh, corresponding move is going to be at some point in the future when
2: they clean out the bu- uh, clean out the extra spot in the bullpen and get another guy on the bench? Well, it really is a fascinating move. And, and first of all, they probably could use the extra arm in the bullpen after um, some of the, the weirdness and, and uh, of the last couple of weeks, um, at least for a couple of days anyway. But... Um, sort of surprised that, that it wasn't Matt Belisle that just got sent back down or, or out because um, he's been generally ineffective. Um, you know, the idea of getting Michael Taylor regular at-bats is probably a good idea, but um, I think at this point uh, he's beyond the, the quote-unquote development phase of his career. I mean, the, the time that he should have gotten AAA at-bats was two years ago or last year when he got pressed into major league duty, um, which obviously didn't happen. Um you know, can 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 a couple of weeks at AAA A help Michael Taylor turn into a three forty on base percentage type of guy? No. Um at, at this point Taylor is what he is. Um he probably um you know would like to get down there and play on a on a regular basis and get into a groove type of thing, but um but he is a um a, a high risk, high reward um type of player. You know, he's gonna hit a home run or he's gonna or he's gonna strike out. That's just kind of who he is at this point. I would be shocked um, if they brought if they brought Trey Turner up with the idea of moving Daniel Murphy to first base. I, I just I don't think the Nets um, are going to or have any inclination to give up on Ryan Zimmerman. I mean, this is a guy that they've got way too much invested in. It's not just this year; it's for the next two or three years. And this is a guy that is under contract to this team, um, you know, for the foreseeable future. And they have to try to get what they but they, they have to try to resurrect uh, his, his once promising career. Um, so if they bring Trey Turner up, I think it's going to be a utility guy. I think the, the, the Ben Revere will start in center field every day. Um, I don't think that that type of move would be the best move for, uh, for Trey Turner's career. I, I think um, more logically I would rather than see them call up a full-time outfielder, um, you know, a, a guy that they don't worry about um, stunting his growth um, to be the fifth outfielder. Uh, that's just my opinion. I would rather see that than have Trey Turner call up and sit on the bench four days out of five, get a pinch hitting, uh, um, you know, pinch hitting appearance, maybe play, you know, a day in center field or once every seven days, or maybe get a play get a day at second base or shortstop once every seven days. I just don't think that's a good idea. That's kind of what they did to Michael Taylor uh, two years ago and last year, and I don't think that would be good for anybody. As much as I want okay. to see Trey Turner. In the big leagues, I don't want to see him as a utility player. So, I guess I tend to agree with uh, Dave's big
1: points there. I, I, as much as fans might be clamoring for it, I, I don't see them giving up on Ryan Zimmerman. I think they're still con- convinced he's going to eventually play to the back of his baseball card, as they like to say. But uh, what do you think about them sending Tra- Taylor down? And uh, I just see Chelsea James of the Washington Post quoting Baker saying that uh, Michael Taylor could be back up in 10 days. So, if they're planning on bringing him right back up, it doesn't seem like a a good time to bring Trey Turner up and have him, uh, you know, basically miss regular at bats to sit on the bench. Like Dave mentioned, I,
0: I agree. If, if Turner comes up, it should be because he's going to come up for pretty much the rest of the season and it's going to get regular playing time. If not every day, every other day. So he's, he's getting regular at bats, And, uh, he's applying the intangibles that he's learning right now down at AAA. Um, Taylor going down, uh, I don't have a problem with that. If he gets uh, a little more regular hitting and somehow manages to put it all together, great. Um, he's your defensive replacement and your pinch runner now. So uh, wh- whether he's up or down, it's just right now it's, it's filling the bench spot uh, because everyone else who's been on the bench has been so much more productive offensively. Uh, he's, he's really sort of an expendable piece on the roster right now.
1: See what the Nationals do going forward, how long they keep that extra lever in the, band, in the bullpen. But one nothing loss today, 50-34 on the year. Zach Davies against Gio Gonzalez tomorrow at a very reasonable 7.05 p.m. in the evening. So we'll catch up with you guys after that game. National nightly sponsored by federalbaseball.com. Talk to you tomorrow. Join us.